0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills.
2: Yo, what is going on? Buffalo Fanatics in the house baby saturday night live what's going on what's popping it's your man rev and you are now tuned in to a saturday night edition of rated rev brought to you by underdog fantasy on the buffalo fanatics network smash that like hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so handsome comes in early on he says yo Rev off mute JK brother well guess what I saw that message early and I made sure my mic was not muted so let's get this thing popping I need everybody right now in the chat to drop where you're watching from this is a rated rev roll call baby you know how we do it every week from week to week we bring you that heat to clear the table it's time to eat and let's get it popping baby yo I'm so excited as always grace and peace god bless to everybody who is joining me live right now and to those who will watch the replay what's good welcome to rated rev i hope you guys had a fantastic uh, saturday hope y'all's uh weekend has been good so far got a chance to lay back and relax enjoy the nicely fall weather where i am in texas Fall is looking pretty good. The leaves are falling. You got that beautiful color going on. I'm excited. I love it. This is my this is this is my season. I don't know if you guys have like a favorite season or not, but fall is 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 probably like my my best season of all. I I love. I, first of all, I hate the summer. I'm not a summer guy, especially down here in Texas. The heat is ridiculous. And so as soon as the weather changes, which is probably is kind of like late you know, in the season, Texas summers roll all the way through the end of September into October. You know, it just starts getting cool around October. So, when we finally get that nice fall weather uh, starting late October, I love it. I absolutely love it. And this is like, like, and then Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday. No, no disrespect to all the other holidays. No disrespect to Christmas. I love Christmas too. But man, Thanksgiving, I love it. And uh, you guys are going to find out just how much I like it. Here in the next probably couple weeks or so, I'm going to be playing some very special music, intro music, just to kind of get everybody in the in the right mood. You know what I'm saying? But uh yeah, I love the fall. I love it. Let me guys let me matter of fact, you guys let me know what is your favorite season? Are you a summer person? You're a fall person, Are you a winter person, maybe you like the you like you like it super cold, the snow, all that. Are you a spring person? Let me know what you guys think. For me, it is the best weather. Yeah, Hill Slater comes in, he says, yo, this is the best, the, you know, the best the best weather is perfect right here in Texas. I mean, this is it. This weather right here is perfect in Texas. Um, and, you know, I absolutely love it. I do. But let me go ahead and check to see everybody where you guys are watching me from. I got Chris716 from South Buffalo. What's going on, baby? Augustine coming in. Haynes City, Florida. I've got garbage plate from Fairport, New York. Let's go. James, coming in from Niagara, Ontario. What's good? What's good? What's good? Hey, if this is your first time joining the show, what's happening? I'm so glad that you joined, first and foremost. My name is Rev. You are watching Rated Rev on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Do me this favor. Hit the like button. Trust me, you're going to like the show. Subscribe to the channel. Trust me, you're going to love the channel. Buffalo Fanatics, the best network, bringing you the best and Bill's content. That's how I feel. It is what it is. Call me biased, whatever the case may be, but I love it. You know what I'm saying? And go to supportbf.com and follow us on all of our social media platforms as well.
1: Yo, we, uh, man, we've got a show to talk about today. We got some, inf- we got some things we want to get into. Ah, uh, the Buffalo Bills, man, look, what are we thinking about this team? What are we thinking about this team? I, you know, I don't know. Personally, like, like I'm, I'm,
2: I'm almost like, I am almost at the point to where, and I don't want to be that guy, but I'm almost at the point where I'm like, yo, if they don't get their acts together, like quick, fast, in a hurry, I'm done. Like, like the season is over, forget it. You know, I'm trying to be like that, that fan. You know, and the homer in me is like, yo, hold on, Reb, hold on, hold on. But then there's like a. You know, and maybe it's, I guess I wouldn't call it realistic, but I'll i call it the pessimistic side of me. It's like, man, there ain't no way in the world this team is gonna climb out of this hole and, and, you know, right the ship and all that. Pack it up, the Bills are done. And so I'm kind of like, I'm trying to balance this thing right here. But the Buffalo Bills just, they don't help me any in that department. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they suck me in with some of their good performances and some of the ways that they win, but then they have these lulls in, in the year, and they just go back and forth, back and forth. Jekyll and Hyde, Bills, they're inconsistent, and I'm, I'm
1: just tired of it. I'm tired of it. And when I look at this team on paper, on paper, this team is one of the best teams in the NFL
2: no doubt about it, Super Bowl contending team on paper, when you look at the talent on this roster, and to see them underachieve, and I know it's kind of hard to say underachieve, right, because they're 5-4, and you know, and I'm like, there's so much football left to play, right? I mean, we hear that cliche, oh, Rev, I mean, you know, they're just at the halfway point of the season and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: I get it. But doesn't it feel like it's kind of like, we're on, we're treading on 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 rough terrain
2: right here. Like this is rocky ground, you know what I'm saying. Like it almost feels like, even though this is the halfway point of the season, it almost feels like at five and four, the ne- like this next game or the next two games could really determine the way this season goes, right? I mean, yeah, you get 17 games to play, but not all 17 games count when it comes to the playoffs. You know, you know what I'm saying, like. You could be out of that thing real quick. And as Bills fans, we know that feeling all too well, right? The, 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 the drought era, Bills, where, <laughs> you know, it goes to like, oh, we're in the hunt, but we really don't believe that. You know what I'm saying? Like, And we're out of it by, by Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, it's a wrap. Season's done. We're talking about the draft. I don't want to go there again. I don't want to go there again, but for me, like right now, I, I can't, I can't help but but think about that. It almost seems as if like it's on the horizon. Like, unless these Buffalo Bills do something now, we really and truly could
1: be talking about can could the Buffalo Bills miss the playoffs? I know that's hard to fathom. People don't want to talk about it. It's, it's, it's almost taboo,
2: right? I mean, because how could we, as far away from that style of play, as far away from the drought-era bills as we are, it's almost taboo to even think about us missing the playoffs. We've gone so long without making the playoffs, and we finally got there. And ever since Sean McDermott and, and Brandon Bean have taken over the helm, we have been in the postseason all but one year. And so we've we've experienced a level of success that this fan base has not experienced
1: in decades. And so it's like, you don't want to let that go. But at what point, but at some point, I mean, I'm, it's like you can see it creeping back up again, and I don't like it. I don't know about you, but
2: but for me, I don't like it. I don't want to see it again. I thought that guy was dead. I thought it was long gone.
1: But when I look at the way these Buffalo Bills have been playing, I really, I'm really discouraged. And you know what I mean? I really am. And. I had said it before that going into this season, matter of fact, going back to the end of,
2: of, of last year against the Bengals, I said, you know what? For me, going into the 2023, 24 year, I'm not going to get too high, I get too low. I'm going to remain even keel. Uh, whatever happens in the regular season happens, it doesn't matter. To me, it's all about the postseason. And I allowed my fandom to suck me in and, and, and bring me away from that that mindset, because I mean I'm, I'm a fan. At the end of the day, I'm a fan, and, I, and I'm an emotional fan at that. And so I'm riding this emotional roller coaster week and week in and week out. And uh, I'm looking at it, and as much as I want to go back to that 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 intent about saying, "Hey, it doesn't matter how they what they do in the regular season. It's all about the
1: postseason." Now I'm like, if they even get there. Right? I mean, if they even get there. I mean, the Bills are five and four right now. Thankfully, last week, even though they
2: they got even though they got dominated by the Bengals, and I know the score the score doesn't say that, but we all saw the game. We know the Bengals completely dominated the Bills. Outside of that, the Bills uh, you know first drive where they scored points, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, after that, the game was really – it was it was done for, especially in the second half. The, the, the Bills were done. They got completely dominated by the, by the Bengals once again.
1: Once again. Thought it was going to be a different story. No, guess what? No, it's not. It wasn't. But, thankfully, the rest of the AFC East lost as well.
2: And so, because the rest of the AFC East lost, that meant that the Bills remain in second place. The Bills currently remain in second place in the AFC East, just behind the Miami Dolphins, who are six and three, and the Bills are five and
1: four. But they are only a game ahead of the New York Jets. Can you believe that? The New York Jets. This, this race is a lot tougher than I think many of us anticipated.
2: And really, not even just within the division. When you look at the AFC in general, it's a tight race. It really is. If you look at the conference right now, yeah, the Bills are second place in the East, but right now, the Bills are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven.
1: They are eighth. They are currently the eighth seed in the AFC right now. You get the Kansas City Chiefs at
2: one. You get the Ravens behind them. Then they got the Jags and the Dolphins. Those are the top four division winners. And then it goes to Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, Bengals, and the Bills.
1: The Bengals are just ahead of us right now. And they have the tiebreaker because they won. It's going to be tough. And then just behind the Bills, you got the Houston Texans at four and four, the Chargers, the Jets, all at four and
2: four. It's a log jam. <laughs> it really is. It's a log jam. So this is going to come down to it to the wire, I think. Uh, and, and really, it, depending upon on what the Bills do Monday night, could, the, the Bills could be in some serious trouble. I mean, let's just say like let's just call it like it is. They could be in some serious trouble
1: if they lose to the Broncos on Monday Night Football. We're going to talk about it. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We're definitely going to talk about it. But I just want to kind of put that primer out there so let everybody know, Just kind of like, like this
2: is serious. This is serious business. The players are going to downplay it. It's just another week on the schedule. We've got a whole lot of football ahead of us, blah, blah, blah. They're going to say that. They have to. But I'm telling you right now, from a mathematical perspective, when it comes to how this playoff scenario falls and and you know you know what I'm saying like the bills can't lose this is this is about as much win of a game as as, as it gets it is harder it it's it's it stinks to say that, considering that do, this is just week ten, and if you don't believe me that that I think that this is a, this, this is serious business, I mean the bills just had an offensive players only meeting led by Latavius Murray, a guy who just got on the roster. He just got on the squad. He, he just came here. Latavius Murray said, yo, he, he threw a flag on the play <laughs> Brr, flag on the play. Hey, hold up. timeout, timeout. Yo, Hey, we need to meet offense only. This is some serious business and we need to get down
1: to the brass tacks and have a conversation about this because this yo, I didn't come here for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is for real. Because it really is. And so you got a guy like Latavius Murray coming in, holding a players-only meeting, offensive players-only meeting. You know it's serious. And we're talking about week 10. Week 10. Now, obviously, we don't know. We're always discussed. But I hope, man, they had a serious
2: coming to Jesus meeting. You know what I mean? And guys got stuff off of their chest,
1: and it really, it wasn't. I mean, it was a for real meeting. But when I think about it,
2: people have been kind of like, like, like wondering, like, why would Latavius Murray be holding this meeting? And I'm like, yo, I don't care. I'm actually glad he did it. Somebody needed to step up, and in my opinion, in my opinion. You know, I mean, take it for what it is, it just ain't, ain't nuts, I mean much of nothing. But when I think about the fact that Latavius Mary, of all people, held this meeting, I'm like, yo, is there a is there a leadership void on this team on the offense in the offensive room?
1: Is there a leadership void? Why did it take a guy who just came on the team this offseason?
2: Granted, he is a seasoned veteran, but last time I checked,
1: he's not wearing a C on his chest. He's not a captain. That's not to say that because he's not a captain, he can't speak
2: up. I'm glad he did because apparently our captains didn't say, say Jack. You would expect this kind of a meeting on office to be held or, or started or initiated. By one of our offensive
1: captains, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. But no, none of them did it. I don't know what Josh is doing. Sitting there worried about his Hollywood lifestyle. I don't know, man.
2: I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, but you know what I'm saying? Like it it just frustrates
1: me. To think that wh- why wh- like how come our, our captains aren't doing this? Especially our captains on offense.
2: Like what is going on? I need some dogs on this. And and, I'm, and that's not to say look look, trust me. Stephon Diggs is a dog. He he is him. And I think Diggs probably didn't want to be the one to do it because he took all the he took he took all the arrows and all the shots in the offseason.
1: He was calling like it was. He felt some type of way. And he needed to hash it out. And he didn't need the whole offense to be there. All he needed was him. You know what I'm saying? He needed Josh. Ken Dorsey, probably. Sean McDermott. He didn't need the whole offense. And he took all the bullets. And people questioning him. Wondering, you know,
2: Diggs in this drama in, and blah, 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 blah. And Diggs was like, I'm done. I
1: had my meeting. I'm a captain. I did what I had to do the off season. Y'all next. And Josh, he didn't do nothing. It's just, it's just, it's just weird, man. You know what I'm saying? It's weird.
2: It really is weird. And I get it. Like, like, there's different leadership styles. Not everybody has the same, you know, way in which they go about doing things. And I get it. But man, like, you feel like you got that C on your chest. You're gonna have to come out of your shell,
1: and you have to come out of yourself and i need this from my leader josh allen i need this from you i'm talking
2: to you now really he's the face you're, you're the face of the franchise
1: you don't you need to be the one galvanizing the whole team especially the offense and i'm and i'm about fed up with all of this cliche nonsense that we hear in the in the media oh well you know we're gonna get it together, and, and and uh. You know, uh, it's it's this, you know, the same old mumbo jumbo, man. I'm I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the talk. Actions speak louder than words, and right now, I need to see some action. I, I really do. I need I
2: need to see some action because because this is this is almost, I'm like, see, I'm getting worked up again. See now, I, this I'm almost at the fed up point. With this team. And, and I shouldn't get there. I shouldn't, we shouldn't be here right now. Not with this team. This is not a this is not a a young team still trying to figure it out. We're talking
1: about a team that has been in the postseason the last several years, four years. Been to the AFC
2: championship game, been to divisional round, you know. Like, like, they, like they've been there. Granted, they hadn't really accomplished nothing when you talk about, like, Super Bowl. Obviously,
1: you can't go there every year. But they have experience. This is a veteran team. There's something going on. There really is. There's something going on. And uh, I don't know what it is. Because you you have guys who... Who are heavy in the analytics and and, and that has a that has its
2: place. And they're looking at the numbers and they're like, well, when you look at the numbers, you look at the analytics, something doesn't line up. Because the analytics and the analytics are telling us that this Bill's offense is a top five offense in the NFL. When you look at the numbers that Josh Allen is putting up,
1: MVP type of numbers so far, 10 weeks in, nine weeks in. But then, when you look at the, the, the product on the field, you don't really see it. So, so it's not it's not lining up.
2: What is going on? You know what I'm saying? Like it's got everybody confused,
1: everybody. And it doesn't help when you have your leadership, and I'm talking about guys like
2: Ken Dorsey and and and, and Sean McDermott, talking about how the
1: offense is still trying to find its identity. How in the world,
2: nine weeks into the regular season, are you still trying to figure that out?
1: How does it take nine weeks to figure out who you are on offense? How? What's going on there? Like, that's the kind of thing you figure out in the offseason preseason. I'll give you the first couple of games in the regular season. Maybe even the first quarter. But nine weeks in, you still don't have a clue as to who you are on offense? That's a major problem, ladies and gentlemen. A major problem. And they, they better figure it out real quick before they find themselves sitting at home in the postseason, sitting at home, which if they don't get their heads out of there, you know
2: what, it, it might be the best thing for them. It really, it really might be something needs to, have you ever like been around somebody, man? Like, like, and you've, you've tried, you've tried your best. Maybe it's, maybe it's a friend that's, that's in a, in a, in a, in a toxic relationship or you know what I'm saying? Or something like that. And, and you're trying to tell them about themselves. You try to tell them like, like, yo, get out of this relationship. What are you doing with this person? This is this is not good for you. And they still like kind of like in their own zone. They're not listening. And you and you have to grab them up and you gotta shake them like, like man, wake wake yourself up,
1: man. Like, what's going on with you? And they still may not even wake up until you know something happens in that relationship. They're really like, oh dang. Yo, why
2: didn't I see this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it may, it may take something like the Bills missing the postseason, for them to wake the heck up. Because you cannot, as a coach, Sean McDermott, you can't talk about Super Bowl caliber
1: when your team on offense, your offense, is doing this. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's a mess, man. It's a mess. It
2: is a mess. We gotta call it like it is. It's a mess. We can't we can't sugarcoat this. Take off the, you know, take off those, those rose those rose colored glasses. I mean, just call it for what it is. Call a spade a spade. This offense is a mess. It's a
1: problem. It is. And there's plenty of blame to go around. We could we could talk about Ken
2: Dorsey who I don't have trust in anyway. I didn't have trust in him from the end of last year. I gave him a pass because, I'm the, you know, that's the homer in me. I was like,
1: oh, let me, all right, let me give him a pass. You know what I'm saying? But I don't really have a whole lot of faith, I'm being honest. But then
2: <laughs> I can't even really fully blame Ken because when I look at it, you know, and I see some of the people putting up these, these, these all-22 clips, and I'm like, yo, Josh is just as much to
1: blame because he's missing guys wide open. He's. And I'm like, yo, Josh, what's going on? Like, you need to get your head out of your butt. I don't know what's up. But to me, and I could be wrong, this could just be me speaking emotionally, and 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 I'm cool with that. But to me, it seems like Josh hasn't been the same since he got a taste of success in the playoffs against
2: Pat Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? Like that year, and it may have been and I don't think it was, it was 2020 when it went to the AFC Championship game, because nobody, nobody really expected that. But the year after that, when, they went, when he went toe-to-toe against Mahomes in, in, in the division round, I think after that, he started feeling himself a little too much. I could be wrong, but this is just my outside pers- you know, perception. I think he's feeling himself a little bit too much.
1: He's starting to become this quote-unquote superstar athlete, you know, and ditches his girl from back home, you know what I'm saying, and now he's, he's dating a
2: superstar. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and trust, I mean, I ain't knocking a guy for, for his, his personal life choice. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm saying. But it just seems like
1: perhaps the guy may be, perhaps his attention may be diverted, you know, and I could be wrong.
2: I mean, he did tell us this offseason that he hasn't, that he's, you know, he hasn't been, you know, uh, more focused than he is now. Well, I don't know, because when you look at the field, when you look at his performance on the field and the way he's not seeing the field and making these these ridiculous mistakes and these turnovers and these missing these guys wide open. What's up, Josh? What's what's going on? Like Like, what is going on? Like, it's one thing for me to blame Ken Dorsey, but I can't blame him when you're doing this. When you got guys wide open, you're not even looking at him. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Help me. <laughs> Y'all help me out. I don't know what's going on with this team, with this offense. You know, I can't blame, I can't even talk about the defense. And I give them a pass. I give the defense a pass. They have been absolutely decimated by injury. Absolutely decimated. I have never seen a team hit with so many injuries to their starters on one side of the ball as I have the 2023
1: Buffalo Bills. It is absurd. I put out a tweet earlier today, um, just sharing the uh, the players that. The defensive injuries this, to the starters. We have
2: Daquan Jones out indefinitely, starting defensive tackle. Matt Milano, linebacker, out indefinitely for the season. Right, this game we've got Terrell Bernard starting linebacker, questionable, okay, with a concussion. Tre White, cornerback, starting cornerback, out indefinitely. Christian Benford, this year, this game, out. Micah Hyde, safety, out, could be career-ending. I don't know, could be another neck injury. It's not looking good. That's one, two, three, four,
1: five, six starters on defense out this game. Five out indefinite. How can you overcome that on defense?
2: I know it's next man up mentality, but come on now. At some point, like, Your depth is depth for a reason. You feel me? Like these backup players are not, I mean, they're backup players because they're not better than the starters.
1: And so you're really having to rely heavily on your backups to kind of make up for the losses. And I mean, man,
2: come on, like going in Monday night, we got, we got, we're going to have, we're going to have six backup players starting on
1: defense, six out of 11. And that's not to include the rotation on the defensive line. So you can to
2: have backups to backups playing. Like, it's, it's a mess on defense. It's a mess.
1: And I commend Sean McDermott, the defensive staff, for even holding on as long as they have been. My expectations for the defense are very low. Very low.
2: To no fault of their own. None whatsoever. They're held together by duct tape, and flex seal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, it's bad. It is re- it's really bad on defense. It really is. Now, we're going to have a chance to see whether or not these new additions in Limval Joseph and Rasul Douglas are going to be able to help. But even at that, I mean, I don't know, because the Bills are just now going to – they're about to enter the gauntlet of teams they're going to face offensively. And this this Denver Broncos team on offense, you cannot overlook them. I mean, they're flying high off of their off of their win against the Kansas City Chiefs. But you know, I always felt like that they, that team on offense, they have the weapons, and they have the coach and Sean Payton, the offensive minded head coach. They just needed time to get their stuff together, and it seems like they're they're kind of getting it together.
1: Don't think for one second that this game is going to be. A cupcake game. Just, just chalk it up for,
2: for a dub for the Buffalo Bills. It, it may not be that easy, I'm telling you right now.
1: And if the offense still has its issues, they're going to lose this game too. They're definitely going to lose this game too if they don't get a, get themselves together. We've got a super chat here coming in from my man
2: Scott Van Lu. Scott, I appreciate it. He says, yo, Rev, I really missed the 2022 Buffalo Bills when they dominated. They came out 13 and 3 season. Know that they have to win out in order to get in the playoffs. Well, yes, yeah, God, I mean, they did dominate last year. They dominated even in spite of their offensive issues because if you remember correctly, probably like around the second half of that Green Bay Packers game, that offense did not look the same. That offense began to change, and it was heavily reliant upon Josh Allen and Stephon
1: Diggs. Fortunately, they had they had gotten themselves a cushion
2: of wins against a very very favorable schedule, to where going into those other wins, the rest of the the rest of the wins and the rest of the season. You know, it was favorable for them. I mean, people talked about it last year too. I mean, they they had a fairly easy schedule last year,
1: which is why they were able to kind of, you know, I wouldn't say coast to 13 and three, but the Joshua Diggs connection
2: worked, you know, halfway through the regular season, and it got them into the regular and got them to the postseason. But we saw what happened. When they played the Dolphins, they almost lost to the Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins. And then we saw what happened when they faced against, you know, a, a juggernaut and the
1: Bengals. They got bounced, it wasn't even close. And then this year, now, that Joshua Diggs is not working. You can't, they, they can't rely on him. Teams are not letting that happen. Even though the numbers are looking good, but the offense is sputtering right now, and they're 5 and 4. So, yeah, I mean, I miss I miss when the Bills would dominate. And, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, any moment now,
2: right? Any, any moment now, they're going to flip the switch and they're going to turn it on and, and it's just going to be, you know, smooth sailing from here on out. And the Bills' offense is going to get back to being who they are or who we
1: have seen them become. But is it that easy, though? Is it going to be that easy for him? You guys let me know. You guys let me know in the chat. Is it going to be that easy for the Buffalo Bills going forward? can they just flip the switch? Hmm? What do you guys think? What do you think about, about the whole messaging of Sean McDermott? because this is where I want to shift shift gears I want to talk about whether or not the buffalo bills have lost faith in the process do this does this team still finger quote trust the process What do y'all think about that? My man, uh, Bryce Martino, contributed to the Buffalo Fanatics. Go follow him if you haven't followed him at Bills by Bryce on X. He put out an article where he talked about it. Have the Buffalo Bills lost faith in the process?
2: And uh, he talks about the hot the, the start just like they have really started, you know, for the past couple of years, and then all of a sudden they hit this lull. And he says, like, you know, the process looked like the best thing since the K-Gun offense in the 90s. Now it's looking like the 17 Buffalo Bills did. Average. Good enough to win games, but not against the top-tier teams when it matters the most. This may seem like a Sean McDermott knock, which it is. (laughs) And he truly built this organization from the ground up. But if this is what his process looks like seven years later, the Bills are going to have to look elsewhere to get them over the proverbial hump. Mike,
1: drop from my man Bryce Martino. The process. Are you as a Bills fan still trusting in the process? are you still drinking that process Kool-Aid or has it sat out on the, on the counter too long with
2: ice in it now it's it's gotten watered down and it doesn't taste as, as sweet. It doesn't taste the same.
1: Now it's kind of bland and it makes you want to pour it out. What are your thoughts on the process now? Because it made a whole lot of sense that coming in, right? I mean, the bills needed that.
2: And trust me, man, like, Yo, I'm a Sean McDermott guy. I I like Sean McDermott. I I, I appreciate what he has done for this team, this organization, this this franchise, this,
1: this fan base. You cannot take anything away from what he has done. He was the right guy for the job
2: right when we needed him. The change in culture, all of that. And he has done a phenomenal job. He and Brandon Bean
1: and their staff, Kudos to them, no doubt. But at some point, this becomes – at some point, it becomes all about production. And it, and, and even at that, it's hard to
2: – it's hard to, to really critique the guy because, you know, he's, 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 he's taking us to the playoffs. And this team has had a winning season.
1: All but one year out of his out of his tenure. But like, has Sean McDermott plateaued with this team? You know what I mean? Like, has he gotten this team as far as he can get them?
2: Again, this is no knock on him. None. But you know, like some coaches, they're just they're just built for a certain role. I go back to, like, Bill Parcells in Dallas. Like he, like, like, he's, he, like, he was cut just to change the culture, get things back on track, get them back in position to where they're winning, and then I've done my job and I'm gone.
1: If you want somebody to get you over the hump, you need somebody else. You need a finisher. Is McDermott, is he just a culture guy? If you have a team
2: that has not seen the postseason, not been in the playoffs for you know, a number of years, they've had toxic coach after toxic coach, and maybe they're, you know, they're they're, they're, they're you know, the players in, in the locker room is, is is toxic. And, you know, he you need somebody to go in there and really flush it out. Flush it out. Instill a different culture, a winning culture to get you guys back on track.
1: Get you winning, get you you know, get get the taste of winning in your mouth and make you competitive consistently. But then that's it. It can't get you any further. i get you to the postseason.
2: Maybe you win, you know, a couple of po- playoff games, you know what I'm saying, for a few years. But when you need to get over that hump, he's not that guy. That's okay. If that's who he is, that's okay. But I need, I need him to know who he is, and I need this organization talking about from the top, Brandon Bean, the
1: Pagulas. I need them to know who he is. Is this who he is? Because as much as I, as a Bills fan, want to hang
2: on to hope and believe that this guy is going to take us to the promised land, what if he's just Moses? You know what I'm saying? What if all he can do is take you to the mountain, but he can't cross over to Jordan? He can't take you to, he, he can't cross you over. Maybe this team needs the Joshua and the Caleb. And I'm sorry, I'm going as a biblical reference. You know what I'm saying? But maybe, you know, maybe, maybe for those of y'all who understand what I'm talking about, you understand what I'm talking about. Like, maybe we need that guy who can, who
1: can cross us over. And, of course, I'm not giving up yet. Time will tell. We'll see. But I don't want to waste Josh Allen's prime hoping that Sean McDermott can get us over the hump. I don't want to
2: do that because a talent like Josh Allen does not come every year. It really doesn't. Do we want to, man, no, we don't want, we don't want that to happen. Like Josh is in what year six, year seven. Come on, man. Like, like, and we NFL history is not even on our side. They say that like a coach and a quarterback combo, the coach and the quarterback who have, you know, been coaching and
1: playing together. If they don't win the Super Bowl within the the first five years, they don't win it. They don't even get there. If they don't get there within five years, history says
2: it does not happen. Well, this coaching staff, this coach-quarterback
1: combo is beyond that five-year mark. take it for, for what that's worth. Maybe the Bills are going to be – maybe they're going to change history, rewrite history. I don't know. James comes in with a super chat. He says, yo, McDermott and Bean are connected at the hip.
2: Both got to go if the proverbial you-know-what hits the fan.
1: Let's wait and see how the season ends. Not optimistic. And, James, I would agree with you on that. Um. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see, right? we got to wait and see how the season ends. And I get it that, I mean,
2: we say that they're tied at the hip because, I mean, you got McDermott came in first and then he, you know, was the one who was responsible for bringing in Brandon Bean because of their connection with Carolina. But what if the Pagulas are like, I don't feel like going through a GM change and I don't necessarily think that the problem is a GM. What if he's like, I believe
1: that the problem is 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 the is a coach and I'm able to stick with the GM and just find me another coach I don't necessarily know that he'd be willing to blow the
2: whole operation up because I still think that Brandon Bean is a good general manager I do I think he's a good general manager um, are his drafts the best? No. I mean, it's it's tough, right? I mean, unless you're picking in the top ten, it's gonna be tough. And he's been picking in the bottom every year. Outside of the, the year when they drafted at Oliver at
1: nine. And so it's tough. Yeah, I mean, this is gonna be hit or miss. So I'm okay with Brandon Bean. But they may need to make a decision at head coach. And We'll see. I don't necessarily want to blow the whole thing up. I, I really don't. I'm like, hey, change the coach and we'll see what happens. But I don't know. You guys let me know what y'all think about that. <laughs> Come here, son. My son in here trying to tell me good night. Good night. Say goodnight. Good night.
0: Good night.
1: <laughs> say say go, Bills, man.
0: Bills. Like, go Bills!
2: <laughs> My son trying to say go Bills. He's he's believing in the Bills. His dad, however,
1: is the little kind of oh, I don't know. Guys, I love you. So, back to James's point. Like, I don't know. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want
2: to. Even if the, let's just, all right, let's just play a hypothetical here. If the Bills miss the playoffs, if they miss the playoffs, do you think they need to blow the whole thing up? And this is a question for the chat, for everybody. If the Buffalo Bills miss the playoffs, do they need to blow the whole thing up? I'm talking about fire firehead coach, all the coaching staff, GM, all that. Or do you think they need to
1: just make a coaching change? Let me know. I don't want to do that, man. I really don't. So, anyway, that's kind of where my thoughts are, man. Like
2: I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm just here right now. You know what I'm saying? And, and even when I, even when I look at, (laughs) when I look at this matchup against the Denver Broncos, I'm not even. I can't even get thrilled about it. And I'm so sorry. I really am. Like I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, um, if I'm letting you guys down, but. I honestly, I cannot get myself excited about this game. Now, will I watch it? Yeah, I'll watch it. But, you know, I'm going to watch it like I did last week. And I don't know, maybe maybe I'm the only one. But last week, you know, normally, you know, I got my gear on. you, I got my jersey on, my hat on. I'm sitting here. I'm excited and ready to go. And last week against the Bengals, I wasn't even feeling it. I was sitting in my couch, man. I was sitting here like.
1: Hat over my hat over my eyes, you know what I'm saying, like I couldn't even take it, I couldn't even take it, and
2: uh just hoping and praying that that they would win, that's kind of how I'm feeling right now, like I'm just like I'm not there, they've really just zapped me dry they they really have, and uh, it's tough because when you look at. Let's just look at at let's just look at this team here. On defense, they are depleted. Right? Absolutely depleted, decimated. You know, my expectations for the defense, like I said earlier, very low. Okay. So then if your defense is hanging on by a thread, if they're if they're like, if they got if if Sean McDermott's putting some flex seal on that defense to try to keep him from
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying, from from sinking,
2: you know, at some point, man, like at some point, the levy's going to bust, right? You know what I'm saying? At some point, it's going to bust. They can only hold on for so long. And I could see if players like Matt Milano and Daquan Jones and all, if if there was guarantee that these guys are coming back at some point in the season and they weren't on IR, you know, we maybe we would be getting – Davis White, maybe he, he wasn't on season ending IR, and it was just me you know, maybe you know six, seven weeks. I would be okay,
1: but these guys are gone. They're gone. They're not coming back. Outside of a, barring a miracle, we may not see them back. Daquan Jones may be back
2: December sometime. That's, that's another month away. Who's, who, who, who's, who knows where the bills will be by then? They may be. They may already be out of it. Matt Milano, I mean, it could be later than that. So I'm not hanging my hopes on those guys to come back. Right now, it is what it is. We're going to have to deal with who we have on this team right now. And on defense, it's not looking good. And so what that lets me know is the offense is going to have to carry this team. The question is, can they? Or better yet, will they? Because we know that they have the capability. They're capable of doing it. We've
1: seen them in spurts. But is it just because they're able to show that side of
2: themselves against inferior teams? You know, I mean, I don't know. At one point I thought, well, maybe they just play up and down to their opponent. Well, they didn't play up to the, to the Bengals. <laughs> they didn't play up to them. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. This team is very inconsistent offensively. I have no idea who to, what to expect from week to week. I don't know. I really don't know. Coming off of that Bucks game, we saw something there, right? We saw the no huddle offense. We thought, okay, maybe this is it.
1: And then the Bengals game outside of that, that first series, it was, it was a wrap. It was done. They didn't do it anymore. And then you had Josh Allen talking about, well, you know, it just wasn't a part of the game plan. What do you mean? Like, what do you, you – see
2: know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean? Y'all Yo, like, I don't know, man. I, I just don't know. And they're still trying to figure it out, which frustrates me even more. They're still trying to figure out who they are on offense. Mind you, this is a fully healthy offense we're talking
1: about, an offense that does not have any injuries to their starters at all, fully healthy. Knock on wood. How is a team, in offense with
2: Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, Dalton Kincaid, of course, minus Dawson Knox? You've got an entire offensive line Deion Dawkins, Connor McGovern, Mitch Moores, rookie Osiris Torrance, Spencer Brown. You've got running backs minus Harris. I get it. But James Cook, starter. Latavius Mary. And then you added uh, Leonard Fournette on the practice squad. Like, how do you how how how? How are you still trying to figure out who you are? I don't
1: get it. I just don't understand. And I think that this game, this game, Monday night. Is the moment of truth for the Buffalo Bills? It really is. Yo, yeah, <laughs> he'll slurry because it's yo. This segment of the Rated Rev is
2: brought to you by Flex Seal. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I just saw that. <laughs> that's what it feels like, man, on defense, bro. They got that. You see that guy, right? With that flex tape. He just slaps it on, boom, oh, you know, Flex Seal, baby. That's kind of what, the, what Sean McDermott is doing with the defense. But anyway, what was I saying, man? I kind of lost track of what I, where I was going. Oh, yeah, this game Monday night, you know, it's, it's, it's do or die. It's the moment of truth time. Who are you made of? Who is this team made of? That's what, that, that's what I want to see. Man, forget years past. And I know, and like as fans, like we, and, and trust me, I'm not, I'm not like, like telling you not to do this. But, man, we, man we, we try to kind of find some silver lining, right? We try to find something to hang our hats on to, you know, like, well, remember last year when the Bills, you know, were facing such incredible adversity, you know, and you had the DeMar Hamlin situation, you had, you know, the top shooting and you had, you know, the injuries that, that they sustained. And you had the, you know, the weather and, you know, the snowstorm and all that. Kind of, we had all that ad- adversity, but the Bills still managed to overcome. They finished the year 13 and three, yeah, but they still got bounced second round in the playoffs. And then we're like, well, they, you know, the emotions of the season were just too much for the Bills to overcome. And at that point, they just burst. Flex seal did not work at that time. <laughs> right. Can I get my money back on that? Because flex seal didn't work. You know what I'm saying? But, and so, like, we try to, like, find out, like, well, dang, they did it last year. So maybe they can do it again this year. Or, or we go back, and I've heard even Brandon Bean, did either Bean or McDermott made mention of the 21 Bills, you know, and how they were towards the middle part of the season, they were up and down, up and down, win one, you know, win-loss, 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 all the way until like December. And they finally got on a hot streak and won, I think, like the last four or five games.
1: And at one point before they went on that win streak. The New England Patriots were were leading the division.
2: And so had it not have been for the Bills win streak and then, and then the Patriots kind of they kind of fell off. The Bills, we could have been talking about the Bills maybe missing the playoffs that year. But anyway, they went on, on that that run. Offense wasn't really looking good, but they started to click. It was one game in particular. I think it was the, it was the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. When they went in Tampa Bay, they lost the game, but they came back. And they just didn't have enough time on the clock in overtime. And they lost, but they came back in that game and we said, that could be what jumpstarts the offense. And it did. And we saw what they were able to do the rest of the way. And they went on an incredible win streak in the regular season, and they were flaming hot in the playoffs until 13 seconds. And we know what happened, right? That was a year. I'll just go on record and say it right now. That was our year. And I think that was, what year was that? 18, 19, 21? Was that four years in? That would have been the year the Bills win the Super Bowl, where the, where the odds, the history, the odds were in our favor. Five years, head coach, quarterback combo, Super Bowl.
1: 2021, that was the year. 13 seconds, that was our year. It's been downhill ever since. Just saying. So, even when you look back at that year, at that season, and how
2: the season ended, the regular season, mind you, you try to grab at it and say, okay, but they did it then. So, they should be able to do it now. And yeah, they've had those experiences that they can lean on, but this is a different year, a
1: different season, a different team facing different circumstances. Defense is about done. You know what I'm saying? Offense don't know who they are.
2: So this team on offense is really going to have to carry the whole team. And
1: I'm thinking yo, they're going to have to score a crazy amount of points. Crazy amount of points. And would it be something the offense finally starts to click. 30 plus points a game. And when they finally click, the defense says, I can't, I give up.
2: We can't do it anymore. We can't, we can't overcome these injuries. And the Bills end up losing games like 33
1: to 38. Like it's, it's just that serious. But, you know, is there hope? Yeah, of course there's hope. There's hope. <laughs> you know, it may
2: be a little bit, but there's hope. We'll see what these Bills do. We will see what they do. Um, but it starts Monday night. It really does. Monday night against the Broncos. They can't, and these Broncos, man, like, look. They are, and I don't care what the record says. You can't look at three and five. You really can't. Just like we couldn't look at the Bengals record when they were, you know, what they were, what, when we played them. Four and three, you know, and they were, you know, had one good game against the against the the Niners, and people were like kind of like, yo, but that's you know, the Bengals, that offense, you know, it's not gelling, you know, they they've been this and that. You look at the stats and numbers, and what happened? Boom, Bills got whatever. So you really can't look at that kind of stuff. It's all about matchups in this league in any given Sunday, right? Any, I mean, there's parody. We've seen it. You can get beat by any team could could beat you any given Sunday. It really can't. I mean, who would have thought the Broncos would have beaten the Chiefs like they did? Well, they did it. And the Broncos on offense are looking pretty good, and the defense is getting better. So even though they're three and five, and you're feeling pretty good about their three and five and about who they are. And, and I guarantee you, Sean Payton is going to have that offense ready to go. And we look at that offense, man, and like, they, they hang
1: their hat on their running game, which has been a Bills weakness. So we will see how that goes. Let's 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 talk about what it's gonna take, huh? You see, this is what I'm talking about, like, like, journal, No, no disrespect, man, but like, or or or, lady, Broncos still suck. You can't really say that. You can't. I mean, the Jets suck too, but the Bills lost it in with with Zach Wilson. Week one. You can't say that. You can't. Especially not, against, not not with this team, not with this Jekyll and High team. You never know. So whether they suck or not, they might look like a playoff team come Monday night against the Bills who don't seem to know who they are right now. That's why you really have to just take it in stride, you know. You have no idea. We have no idea. So what is it going to take for these Bills? What, what, what is it going to take? Like, what is it if you could, if you could put your finger on one thing that could turn this, this, this team around?
2: It's mainly on offense, right? The defense, they're going to give it their all. But offense is the main problem here. If you can put your finger on one thing, one key thing that, hey, this is it. This is the reason
1: why the Bills have been what they are. And if they can do this, they're back on track. What is it? I see uh, Augustine comes in and says, yo, play up-tempo. Play up-tempo. You know what? um, You know that's that's really that's really been like the like the the topic of conversation the past couple of weeks,
2: right? Because it seemed like the Bills found something in that Bucks game where they went up tempo, but then we saw against the Bengals where they didn't do that. They did it the first series, and when they scored the touchdown, after that, really in like the second half, they, they didn't do it. And we and we heard from Josh, and he says that was just the game plan. They're like, that's just how the game plan was. So the game plan was, we're not going to do what we think is best to win. <laughs> Basically.
1: They, you know, up-tempo works. Game plan is, yeah, nah, but we're not doing that. We're going to try out some new things. My gosh, man, that coaching, man. I'll tell you what, dude. Golly. You're trying to figure out
2: who you are because your offensive coordinator has no clue as as to who you are. He can't coach you, right? Because he don't
1: know what he wants his offense to be. Still trying to do some new things in China. To... Anyway, my
2: man Yeston T. Harris, another contributor from the Buffalo Fanatics, he put out an article entitled
1: The Return of the K Gun. Where he's essentially talking about if the Buffalo Bills need to go back to that up tempo style of offense. You need to check that out.
2: Let's check, check that article out. It's very, very informative. Um, This is where, you know, I kind of am, and it's, it's kind of tough. And I might be able to understand where Sean McDermott could be coming from. Here's me trying to play devil's advocate, okay? So if the Bills were to run this up-tempo offense, you have to factor in the f- fact that the defense is – hanging on by a thread, very thin thread, okay? Here could be the problem with the up-tempo offense. It's going so fast, it does not run any clock off, really, any time off the clock. They have to be highly efficient on offense, highly efficient. They have to be almost perfect, meaning they cannot make any mistakes, basically. They cannot have any, any, any penalties, no false start penalties, no holding, none of that kind of stuff to get themselves behind the chains. They have to almost play flawless on offense if they want to run this up-tempo offense. The problem is the Buffalo Bills of late have been one of the most penalized teams on offense. And so when you try to run an up-tempo offense, And then all of a sudden, you get a good gain, and it's flag on the play. False start. Offense, number 79. Five-yard penalty. You know what I'm saying? And so now you get behind the chains. And then you try to play hero ball, and then you you may make a gain, and then all of a sudden,
1: another flag on the play. Holding, offense, 79. You know what I'm saying? Or... Illegal formation. You know what I'm saying? So, you, so, so now you, you're backing yourself up. And you're
2: playing this up-tempo game, and you're backing yourselves up because of penalties. Three and out. Maybe you get a first down, and, you know, maybe you go, you know you, you, you know, you run maybe five, six
1: plays off the field. You run two minutes off the clock. Here comes the defense back on the field. And you don't score. And then the defense can't stop anybody. That opposing team scores a touchdown the Bills get the ball
2: back on offense, up-tempo again, Bills don't score, punt. The defense back on the, on the, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you have to play almost perfect offense if you're going to run this up-tempo thing, especially when it comes to the, de- when you look at the defense as depleted as they are. And so it comes to, like, this whole, quote-unquote, complementary, te- you know, football, like Sean Dermott has been saying.
1: Like, you have to understand the, uh, you have to understand the rest of the team.
2: So Ken Dorison, when you call him this game, understand that the defense is highly compromised right now. You know? And so if you're going to run this up-tempo offense, you better not make any mistakes. You better not call any dumb
1: plays, and we better not have any penalties, and we better be highly efficient. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. And so what's – it's dangerous when you have a defense that is as depleted as the Bills are.
2: And so the other side of the argument is don't run that up-tempo often, maybe here and there, but try to play keep-away and have long-sustaining drives that end in, in touchdowns or in points. Get back in 12 personnel maybe. Get you know Josh under center get the running game involved more, and play a slower brand of football on offense because the defense cannot hold on, you know? And if you're able to do that and you're you're successful at that type of game on offense and you can come away in those long 12, 13 play drives that eat up six, seven minutes of clock and you come away with seven points, that's so much better for the defense. You know, and so there is this balance here that they're trying to play. And at the end of the day, it goes into like, well, okay, well, though that may make sense, theoretically, what is the best thing for the offense? Because at the end of the day, the offense has to score, right? The offense has to score enough points to win the game. And really, to score more points, you know, than the opposing team, because the defense is probably going to be giving up a lot of points. So. You want the offense to have to score a lot. Well, if the offense doesn't, so if, but if the best way for the offense to score is up tempo, then you can't play a long, slow game. You, so,
1: like that could be the rub right here. And so the Bills have to figure that out. What works best? Well, I mean, this 12 personnel's type thing. I mean, it worked early in the season, but
2: this is a different type. Now, now we got we've got multitude of injuries you know what i'm saying and and, and now the offense is not clicking so I'm like now now what we go back and we look now now we're missing dawson and so when we went to that, that up tempo 11 personnel that was working against the bucks we went away from that in the Bengals game in the second half even though it worked early on we went away from it so maybe we need to pivot and go back to the up at this point we need to do whatever's going to work for this team on offense
1: what works best? For the offense. If that's running it up-tempo, then doggone it, you better run it up-tempo. If the
2: offense is, is unsuccessful, well, so what? I mean, the defense ain't going to stop nobody anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, you really, it's the offense or nothing. You have to live or die by the
1: offense. That's why so much pressure is on, them, on these guys. And we're going to find out. We really are going to find out, and uh, I like what Jeff King says. He says, "Yo, you need
2: players with a stamina to run that as well." I mean, we would hope that these professionals have the lungs to do it. That they that they're in tip-top shape, the best shape. You know, top of the shape. I mean, I mean top of the shape, top shape. I mean, these are pro athletes. You you would expect, or you would hope that they have that kind of shape. And I'm not saying like running this. You know, old Chip, Gelley, old Chip Kelly, Oregon style offense, you know what I'm saying? Where you're, you know, you I mean, you're, you're, you're hiking the ball at, you know what I'm saying? Like every 10 seconds, that type of thing. Maybe not that up tempo, but just to no huddle in general. Get the guys up to the line of scrimmage faster, no huddle, spread the ball out, let Joss see better and do it that way. Because even when they've been huddling, they've been having these, these delayed games and the, and, and the plays have not been coming in, you know, in time, and, and they're getting, they're running short to the clock, and they've been having these issues. Go no huddle. No huddle doesn't necessarily mean up-tempo. It just means no, like, we're just not huddling up. Get to the line of scrimmage.
1: Let's keep this certain package in. We're going to no huddle. Keep the ball moving that way. That may be the best bet for the Bills going
2: forward. If that doesn't work, then I have no idea. You might as well just just throw the season out. Throw it out. If they decide to go into no hold of this game and it doesn't work, throw it out. I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I will say this, though. I will say this. They need to find a way to get this running game going. Back again like they did early in the season when James Cook was really starting to cook. They need to get that game. We don't need Josh Allen throwing the ball 40-plus times a game. Whenever he does that, it's not good. The Bills will lose. They have
1: lost. You cannot have Josh throwing the ball 40-plus times a game. Cut that number down. 30.
2: It's a good mix of the run game. But when you do run it, don't run it from a shotgun. Get under center
1: and run the ball. Do that. Like, get a mixture of what works. Passing game, no huddle, up-tempo,
2: run game, get under center, 12 personnel. Do that. Slow the game down. You know what I'm saying? Like mix it up here and there. Even if it's within the same drive. They have to do something different because it's not working.
1: Whatever they've been doing, it's not working. It ain't working. Now, if you want to look at from a roster perspective, I mean, we could talk about that.
2: We could talk about that. Like what's the thing that's going to keep the Bills, that's going to turn the Bills, you know, around? Well, it may not be. It may not happen this year, but uh, you know, Mike Harlow comes in. He says, yo, get Josh an offensive head coach,
1: a new O.C., and a good number two wide receiver. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And I'll say this to Mike's point here. Get Josh an offensive head coach. Have the Bills handcuff themselves. With the defensive minded head coach and Sean McDermott. And I say that because of this. Suppose they end up moving away from Ken Dorsey. They decide Dorsey is a problem. We'll fire Ken Dorsey. Okay. Keep Sean McDermott, fire the OC. Okay. Now
2: the issue is. Well, what offensive coordinator are you going to use? Are you going to bring in?
1: Let's say it's. Let's say they do it before the year's out. you have to look in-house? You're not going to be able to find
2: anybody outside, so you got to, to go in-house. You got Joe Brady, Mike Shula, Aaron Cromer. You're just going to have to let those guys be the interim and, and just run with it for the rest of the year. Okay, but going into the future, hypothetically speaking, assuming Ken Dorsey gets 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 fired. You still have Sean McDermott. Where where is this team going to find an offensive coordinator? When you look across the landscape of the NFL, who's being hired as as head coaches? It's offensive
1: coordinators. It's the top offensive coordinators in the NFL. Franchises, owners,
2: GMs, they're hiring offensive coordinators to be head coaches. So if all of the cream of the crop, the top of the top offensive coordinators are being hired to be head coaches, where is that going to lead the Buffalo Bills when it comes to finding an offensive coordinator, assuming they get rid of Ken Dorsey and keep Sean McDermott, a defensive-minded head
1: coach? Where are they going to find an offensive coordinator? Where? And I mean mean a top OC with experience. They're going
2: to have to go the route that they did, you know, last year. Finding a young guy, first year OC, grooming him and hoping that he, you know, develops. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't think that's what this offense needs. It was good and fine when we had Brian Dayball because you know he was he was still experienced, but he was able to grow with a young Josh Allen. Now Josh Allen is was where he is in the league, a a seasoned veteran in the NFL. Does he really need a young? offensive coordinator who hadn't really done it yet, and he's still trying to find his way, trying to figure things out. Is that what's best for this team, this offense? I mean, I don't think so. But they made their bed. They're going to have to sleep in it. They brought in Ken Dorsey, and at the time it made sense because we all assumed that Dorsey's not going to mess it up. Well, he's still figuring things out. Two years in and 10 games into the second year, he's still figuring things out. Uh, it's not looking too hot.
1: So, what are you? What are you gonna do? Where are you gonna find an OC? My thing is, my thing is, if that
2: happens, they might have to, they might have to pull a Baltimore Ravens thing. Do it. Do what Jim Harbaugh did. What Harbaugh did, man. And and look at the college ranks. They brought in Todd Monken from Georgia. They might have to look to the offensive uh, the, the, the college ranks and find themselves a very seasoned offensive coordinator. Who may have ties to the NFL, may not. But an offensive coordinator or an offensive minded head coach who's ready to get into the NFL. I mean, maybe you can make him an LC.
1: That might be the route that they have to take. I don't know. But that's the that's where they are right now because they have
2: a defensive minded head coach. They're handcuffed to this guy. So if they want a top offensive coordinator running the
1: ship, they're going to have to get rid of Mac- McDermott. They really are. Unless they get lucky and find a guy. Unless they get lucky and, 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 and a top OC,
2: you know, doesn't get a head coaching job, but he decides to make a, a lateral move, kind of like what Eric Bieniemy did when he left Kansas City and went to Washington, made a lateral move because for some reason he didn't make a head coach, he didn't get a head coaching job. Unless
1: something like that happens, which is highly, you know, improbable, I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know what they're gonna do. A lot is gonna be is gonna.
2: I'm telling you right now, a lot is 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 hanging in the balance when it comes to this game right here.
1: Against the, the Buffalo Bills right now, at five and four, second place in the AFC East. Their
2: conference center, they are two and four in the AFC. Two and four in the AFC. They've got four conference
1: losses, and they are eighth place right now. The Bills, currently, when you look at their schedule, who do they have? Well, coming up, you know, the next two games. On the docket, you've got the Broncos, right? You've got the Broncos, and then you have the Jets. But after the Jets, you have the Eagles. Is that right? Let me look it up. Broncos, Jets. Come on now. Yeah, Broncos, Jets, Eagles, bye.
2: Then you got the Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. So when it comes to conference games left on the docket, if you want to include the Broncos game, they've got one, two, three,
1: four, five, six more conference games to play. Three division games. And the Bills already have four conference losses. How many more conference losses do you think they can sustain without making the playoffs? How many more do you think? Jets, Chiefs, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. I think
2: it's fair to say they have to win all of those games. They have gotten themselves to the point to where they have to beat the Jets. They have to, it, starts tomorrow, it starts Monday night. They got to beat the Broncos. They have to beat the Jets. You would think that they have
1: to win almost all of them, all the AFC matchups to give themselves cushion, and that's going to be tough, very tough, so we'll see, we'll see. I mean, like Jeremy Bennett says,
2: yo, just went out, simple enough plan, but we can't, we can't afford anymore, and I agree, we cannot afford anymore. I don't care what Sean McDermott says. I don't care what anybody else, you know, on that coaching staff says when they come onto the podium after the game, and if they lose against the against the Broncos, well, you know, we have a lot of football left. You know, the season's not over, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're still figuring things out. I gotta look back. At, forget all that nonsense, okay? Forget it.
1: Just forget it. If they lose, it's likely over. They're, they're five and five. They'll be five five and five two and five in the conference like jeff king says yo we lose this game it's a wrap folks
2: i understand that much a wrap and i'm not talking about chicken wrap season done (laughs) it really is man like hey come on now i'm just uh, you know i'm sorry guys that this that this show was not a rah-rah shish boom ball show let's go buffalo type of show i really wanted to be you know like as as, as sober as I could be, and I wanted to give y'all kind of what I'm feeling emotionally about this team and where they are right now. And maybe it's just a pessimistic view. It could be because I don't have a crystal ball in my hand. I don't know the future. I don't know what's going to happen. For all I know, the Bills could win out and they could end the season and be freaking win out. They could they just win every single game. And if that happens, I will gladly eat crow gladly. I don't care. I have no ego. I have no pride. So what? I was wrong. I, um, I'll admit it. But they got to show me. <laughs> okay? They got to show me. And uh, right now, the way I'm feeling, it's, it's, it's not too good. And so I'm going to go into this game, and, and as every game, I'm like, hey, let's go. I mean, I'm not going to root against them. Of course, I'm not going to do that. But I need them to show me something. Show me something this game. Show me that you have some kind of fight in you.
1: Show me that you have some kind of tenacity about yourself, that you're not just going to give up. Where's the fight?
2: Somebody on that offense, somebody on this team needs to step up and fill up this leadership void that seems to be, I don't know what's going on here. Shake Josh the heck up
1: and get this thing back on track. Before it is completely derailed. That's the reality of the situation. That's it, man. That's where we are. That's where we are. So, I mean, let's talk about this. I mean, as we're going out, before I go ahead and do all that, um let me let me let me let me put my music on because
2: I mean, yeah, regardless of how I feel, I mean, we still got to talk about score predictions. You know what I'm saying? So so we're going to talk about score predictions, baby. We're going to talk about it. Um, but let me put my music on. Here it is. Come on, music. Let me know. You got your score predictions in the chat. Bills, Broncos, Monday night. How do y'all feel about it? Broncos feeling good about themselves. Just to the get right, game for the Bills. This is the moment of truth. The Bills need to dig deep and just get a win. They need to show us something. How do you feel? Are the Bills going to win this game? You know, uh, I think I saw somewhere what. Where- where Josh has has a a winning record coming off of a loss. Well, that's that's good news. We'll see what happens. Do you have the Bills winning? Or do you have them taking an L against the Broncos? What do y'all got? Let me see here. So I'm going through the chat right now. I've got I've got Jarna coming in and says, yo, twenty seven to twenty Bills. Close game. Jeremy Bennett comes in and says bills 21 Broncos 17 we win simply because we are wearing blue on blue <laughs> <laughs> yep that might be that might be all they need right Bill I am says 21 I mean 27 21 the bills C jag 17 says bills get the dub 31 to 10. that would be a huge win for the bills Augustine says yo 2110 bills here we go now we've got some we've got some opposing predictions Brian Lucio says Denver's gonna win this game 27 to 24. that's really not surprising it would not surprise me at all Jimmy Key says, yo, 27-23, Denver. All right. Garbage Plate says, yo, Bills buy a billion or lose and the sky will fall. Well, yeah. Absolutely. And the Bills lose. It's a, it's a, it's a wrap. Uh Hill Slayer says, yo, I see, I see Denver taking it. All right, Hill Slayer, drop the score, man. Drop the score. What do you think? Roy Collins says 27, I mean, 24, 24. Come on, man. We can't have a tie. We can't have a tie. We cannot have a tie. Charlie Kiel says 22, 17 bills. I've got Michael Kelly with a 30 to 13. Broncos. Oh, my gosh. That is a incredible defeat. But the bills will sustain. 30 to 13. Ooh. Man, if that if the Bills lose like that, heads need to be on a platter. I already feel like if the Bills lose regardless, we need to see some changes, especially if it's you know on the on the backs of the offense again. Get rid of Dorsey. But if they get blown out 30 to 13 at home on Monday night, I'm gonna need some more. I'm gonna need some more than that. First of all, Ken Dorsey better not even think about showing up Monday. I mean Tuesday to the offense. Don't even, don't even worry about it. Let me show up. Jeff King says 14 to 7 bills. Jimmy Key says, yo, no faith in the boys. I mean, I feel you, man. Jennifer Rowe says 21, 24 bills, but we aren't going to get our points until the fourth quarter. Like always. Wouldn't that be something, Jennifer? Like always. Bills do absolutely nothing until the fourth quarter. They all of a sudden they go up tempo and they manage to score. But will it be enough? Will it be enough? <laughs> Short bust. Terror Squad says three to two Croncos or Broncos or three to three to two. Imagine that, yo. Is it? Can you imagine it being like a like you remember that Browns game, like a nine to six game? Oh, that'd be so awful. Well, I mean. Jamel doesn't have no different. 13-10, Broncos. Ugly game. 13-10. Panata says 31-17 Bills. Ah. Kim Betts. 40 Burger. Forget all your negative Nancy's. Go, Bills. <laughs> Forty Burger by Kim Betts. I hear you, Kim. Now let me give my score prediction. Oh man, this is going to be tough. My score prediction, Bills-Broncos. I'm going to go. Man, this is tough. The Bills scored 18 points last week, 24 points the week prior. 25 points against the Patriots. Let me just kind of get an average there. Three-week average on offense. Let me see here. 25, 18, 24. What is that? Trying to do my math here. That's 22 points a game. All right, so let me give the Bills. I'll give the Bills 23. 23 points. Bills, 23. Mm. Broncos, 27. Ah, It pains me to say that. It pains me to say that, ladies and gentlemen, but first time all season, on Rated Rev, I have picked against the Bills. And I say the Broncos beat the Bills. 27-23. 27 23. It's still a close game. Bills lose by four points. You know, but it's it's still not looking good. Is that enough to keep Ken Dorsey on? We'll see. Depends on how they score, when they score, all that kind of stuff. Could be garbage time points. But um, I think it's gonna be a Broncos victory. At Hallmark Stadium, Monday Night Football, 27-23. Uh, Roy says, yo, the last five games, Bills are averaging 20 points. But that's my math is off. They got to get out of the funk soon. Yeah. I mean, will they even score 23? I don't know, man. Like, I feel kind of... Uh, it's, it's tough. It really is tough because they don't score their points until late. So... Uh I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to stick with it. Okay. I'm going to stick with it. 23 points. 23-27 Broncos over the Buffalo Bills. And uh we'll holler at y'all next week and we'll see what happens. I tell you what, this is going to be this is going to be a something. This is going to be a week. If the Bills lose this game, pitch forks are coming out. Definitely. Like Jamel says, yo, season's over. Kevin says, yo, Rev, you you must really want Dorsey fired. I I don't have any confidence in Ken Dorsey at all. I really don't. Um, I want things to change. And if Dorsey can make that thing, if he can make a change, then so be it, fine. But I've just seen inconsistency from him. And I've seen inconsistency from Josh. I mean, Josh hasn't been playing the best either. And when you talk to you know some of the some of the analytics guys and the film guys i mean you see some guys that are wide open that josh is just missing he's not even looking at but not only is he looking at him from what they've said like dorsey is putting on very basic concepts very basic in the offense very basic so he has a very predictable and basic offense and at times, Josh Allen is not even reading the field properly. So, take that for what it's worth. They're obviously not getting rid of Josh Allen, Mr. 200-plus-million-dollar man. So, who do you think who do you think's the odd man out? Josh Allen or Ken Dorsey? When You know, backs against the wall, who's going to be the fall, the fall guy? It ain't going to be Josh. It's Ken Dorsey. So, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we will see what happens, but that's it, man. That's up. That's it for Rated Rev. I appreciate you guys, man, for, for staying with me. Yo, this is like my therapy. How to get this out? I really, really, really appreciate y'all for sticking with me on a late Saturday night edition of Rated Rev. Make sure you smash that like on your way out. Hit the subscribe button, and uh, let's see what happens, baby. Let's see what happens with these Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm always gonna groove for them, just because I rooted just because I rooted that they that they're gonna lose does not mean I'm not a fan. I'm just not feeling it right now. I think they're going to lose. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But we will see. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your Sunday with your friends and your family. Enjoy the games. And uh, we'll see what happens Monday night. As always, ladies and gentlemen, grace and peace. God bless. And as always, go big. <laughs>
0: MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport